0: Pastor Xavier Reese, and what God makes available to us who are unable. People have attempted to justify themselves before
1: God in many different ways throughout the history of man. Some in the religious way, by building cathedrals and great monuments to impress God and man. And they do impress man, but they don't impress God. By doing penance to inflict much pain and suffering on their own bodies, trying to show God their merit, works, and deeds, they have never justified one person before God.
0: Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. So far in our Simple Truths study series in the Book of Romans, the Apostle Paul has explained our need for justification, that all men are sinful and guilty before God. Next, we are shown the way of justification, by grace through faith, based on the redemptive work of Christ. And because justification is a free gift of God, Paul now wants us to open the gift, so to speak, as he begins to describe the benefits wrapped up in the package of justification, which is received by the believer at the moment of salvation. Here's Pastor Xavier with more as we look into Romans chapter 5.
1: The Apostle Paul has clearly proven beyond a shadow of a doubt that that the individual justified before God means that they have accepted the righteous provisions that God has made in Jesus Christ. Not even Abraham could be justified apart from Christ. He's proven that at the end of chapter 4. Now Paul revealed the Gentile world guilty before God for all those wicked sins under the wrath of God due to ungodliness and unrighteousness of man, suppressing the truth and ungodliness, twisting it, Romans 1, 18-32. Paul also revealed to us the moral, ethical, and religious person of chapter 2, who judges the wicked person doing those things in chapter 1. They condemn themselves in hypocrisy because though they're, they're doing the same thing, and they will not escape the judgment of God. Then in chapter 3, Paul then revealed the advantage of the Jew having the word of God and the righteousness of God in contrast to the unrighteousness of man, the entire world is guilty before God. And therefore, God has made his son, Jesus Christ, as the propitiation, that payment for the sins of the world, that man might be justified apart from the law. Then in chapter 4, the last thing he did is he melted the golden calf, Abraham. And that Abraham was justified by faith also, believing the promise of God. Those provisions of justification in Christ Jesus and God accounted it to him for righteousness. Apart from works, apart from circumcision, he was circumcised 14 years after the promise. Apart from the law, the law was given 430 years after the promise. So he melted the golden calf. Abraham believed the promise of God and it was accounted to him for righteousness, believing in the provisions that God would make through his son. Now having established the doctrine of justification, Paul moves on to present the person who has believed and received the provisions of Jesus Christ for their justification before God. And in these first 11 verses, in verse 1 through 5, he gives the benefits of the justified of justified sinners. Then in 6 through 8, he gives the love, the justified sinners. And then in verse 9 through 11, the salvation of justified sinners. What we're going to do is we're going to focus on examining verse Uh, 1 through 5, the first portion, the benefits to a justified sinner or justified sinners, and they consist in three. Let me read here, verse 1 through 5. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into the grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, being only that tribulation Produces perseverance and perseverance, character, and character, hope. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. The benefits of the justified sinners are as follows first, the believer has peace with God, verse one. Secondly, the believer has presence before God, verse two. And thirdly, the believer has power through God, verse 3 through 5. Peace, presence, and power. Wow. What a great benefit. The believer has peace with God. Look at verse 1. The apostle Paul declared that the statement of our justification is the conclusion of all that has preceded. Therefore, having been justified by faith, Paul uses the word, therefore, as you know, a concluding word. We've gone through it many times. The word could be translated in view of the facts of all that has been said, according consequently to the things that have been stated. Paul stated that the accomplishment of justification is a statement of fact. Remember, he's the prosecuting attorney here before the divine court. Uh, Attorneys ask the same question from them perspective. You think, why are you being repetitive? Because I want to make a point. This is the case. Don't think that Paul's running out of words. He's just trying to fill paper. Okay? He hits it from every angle. The phrase, having been justified, is a participle, they tell us. In the is passive tense, to you and me it means nothing. But in the Greek it's very important. It's an accomplished fact, a finished condition. This is what God has done for us. He has justified us. We're standing before the cross from chapter 1 to chapter 4 for justification. God has done this. He has done it, and it's finished. It is not in process. It is in no way incomplete. The statement identifies our judicial and legal standing before God, as we've noted in the previous chapters. The word justified means to be acquitted of all charges, if you remember. That's a great benefit. The wrath of God is no longer upon the unjustified person, or the the person who's justified. Chapter 1, verse 18, The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all unrighteousness of men. No longer is the wrath of God upon me. The medium that brought us to this position is faith. Notice that. Again, this word we've looked at before, it means the conviction of truth. From the root to be persuaded. To have confidence in something or someone. The context will tell you what it is you're placing your confidence in. This is in the work of Jesus Christ. The conviction and persuasion is of certain things. Faith in God's revelation that I am a depraved person in nature. I'm a sinner, lost, guilty before God, Romans three nineteen. That's what faith is. Believe me what God has said. Today, people want to say they're Christians. They don't believe they're sinners. What? Faith in the revelation of God's provision for my standing before God in the person of His Son, Jesus Christ, Romans 1, 16, and 17. Romans 3, 24, and 25. That I'm only accepted in the Beloved, in the Son, in the work of His, His death and resurrection. And then faith in the source and dependence on God apart from works. He's told us that in Romans three twenty eight, 28, 4, 24, and 25. This is all that God has done. Now notice the Apostle Paul declared the outcome of justification. It was being reconciled to God. We have peace with God. The statement of fact is we have peace with God, dealing with our justification, that judicial and legal standing on the work of Christ. It is constant, it is for every believer who has repented. While the exhortation, let us have peace with God, deals with our sanctification, which is the work of the Holy Spirit. For not every believer always has the peace of God. It fluctuates. He'll get into that in chapter 6, 7, and 8. This is the peace with God. The war is over between me and God. The peace of God is for life sanctification that Philippians 4, 6 through 7 speaks about and Jesus spoke about. That's different. It is a doctrinal statement. Now, the understanding of peace with God is also important. As I've stated, peace here. It comes from the primary verb to join together. The implication being something previously broken or fractured. But now it's been bound back together. We get our word or the name Irene from it. The peace in our context refers to the justification of sinners. The result of salvation. We had a broken relationship. We were enemies of God. Now we've repented. He's forgiven us. Trusting the justification of the atoning work of his son, and now I am one with God. Not for what I was, what I did, or what I thought, but what I trusted God for in his son. I'm before the cross. The word with there is the word prose, it means facing. In fact, the word is used to describe the position of Jesus before he came to earth. In John 1, 1, it says, In the beginning was the word, the word was with, prose God, face to face with the Father. If you look to the Old Testament, if you remember, the old showbread, the bread that was put on the table, on the tabernacle, the holy place, it's called the bread of the face, literally. Jesus said, I'm the bread of life that came down from heaven. (laughs) He was in fellowship with the Father. And he emptied himself of his glory and took on flesh. And abandon that fellowship which he had from all eternity. Wow. For us. The word is being used for the justified believer in his position before God. Face to face without guilt or shame. He's ushered us in. You remember as a kid when your parents said, did you do that? You go, no. You're not looking face to face if you were guilty. Now today because people are so callous and so ungodly. They will look at you square in the face and lie, but you've got to go through a lot of lying before you get to that place. You've got to sear your conscience. The words together describe the tranquil state with the Father having been justified in Christ, not the peace that passes all understanding again for life. That's sanctification. We'll get to that. Now, the justified sinner is no longer an enemy of God then. We're not fighting against God anymore. We agree with God. The wrath of God... Is no longer upon us, we've been acquitted of all charges, which is great through the provisions of Jesus Christ. He has reconciled us to God. Verse 10 and 11 tell you that three times reconcile. We were at odds, now we're one. What a great benefit! Now, Jesus declared that whoever has the Son has life, whoever does not have the Son has not life, and the wrath of God abides in them. What do you do with that? John 3:36. Jesus wouldn't be very popular today. The news media, the politicians, they would say he's intolerant. He's a bigot. He's not loving. He's not open-minded. He's full of himself. Notice Paul the Apostle declared that the person responsible for our justification resulting in peace with God the Father. He mentions again Jesus. Again, he's this attorney putting the case from heaven. He wants to make sure we understand exactly what has happened. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, Paul points out that Jesus was a channel who mended our broken relationship with the Father. The word through indicates the means which a sinner comes to that tranquil state in that relationship with the Father now. Jesus often said that the Father sent him to bring us to the Father. These are not my words. These are not my works. These are the Fathers who sent me. Jesus said, I'm the Lamb of God, takes away the sins of the world. Or John said that of Jesus in John 1, 29. The Father sent him. We've seen this. Jesus became the propitiation for our sins. He said that in chapter 3, verse 25. 1 John 2, 2 says it. 1 John 4, 10 says it. The payment for our sins that appeased the wrath of God for me. And so Paul pointed out the new relationship to Jesus being justified. What is it? Look at the word, Lord, Curios. Master, he owns me. You have any problem with that? He owns you. He calls the shots. Jesus freed us from the slavery of sin and death. Jesus delivers us from the tribulation wrath to come. Look at verse 9, just offhand, right there. Much more now, having been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through him. Wrath is talking there. That context is the great tribulation period. God is going to take the church out of here rapture the church. I'm not looking for Antichrist. I'm looking for Jesus Christ. You can cross reference from that with 1 Thessalonians 5.9. God has not appointed us to wrath, but to salvation to our Lord Jesus Christ. Now notice Peter pointed out that Jesus made this peace possible by the God-man. Jesus speaks of his earthly existence, that human name, yet without sin. Jesus means Yahweh is salvation. Jesus is the Greek name of the Hebrew name Joshua. And the title Christ, Christos, speaks of the deity of Jesus. He's Messiah, the anointed. Jesus is the gospel, the power unto salvation, and the revelation of the righteousness of God by faith, as chapter 1, verse 16 through 17 says. Jesus is the righteousness of God apart from the law, being witnessed by all the law and the prophets. From old times, chapter 3, verse 21. The two witnesses, law and the prophets. Jesus is the Redeemer who justifies every person, Romans three twenty-four says, who trusts him. It would be like a prisoner having um, all of his criminal records expunged, just totally erased, completely. This is what Jesus has done for you and myself. Justified us. Now, people have attempted to justify themselves before God in many different ways throughout the history of man. Some in the religious way, by building cathedrals and great monuments to the church to impress God and man. And they do impress man, but they don't impress God. The donations of great amount of monies to do God's work. Certainly the um, medieval times, the dark ages, the Catholic church, um, if you ever visit any of those monuments in great gothic places, they're built with the money of blood and of theft. But they don't impress God. They impress man. By doing penance to inflict much pain and suffering on their own bodies, trying to show God their merit. All of these and many others' uh, works and deeds, they have never, never justified one person before God. Ever. Romans 4 24 and 25, Jesus died and rose from the dead for our justification. Now, people also tempt through many ways to have peace with God. You know, that's one of the things that people go crazy today. Half of our nation is on illegal drugs and the other half is on prescription drugs. Nobody has peace, nobody's looking for it. Wow. Through isolation of themselves. They're going to go to the desert or a cave to find themselves. You better hope to God you never find yourself. It's a scary situation. (laughs) By repetitive ritual, ceremony, meditation, the 60s brought it into the nation from all the drugs and the eastern thought, the Beatles and everything. Still going on today under the New Age. Contemplative prayer of the desert fathers, of Gnostics. It's tapping into demons and the church is going for it. By thinking positive and concentrating on positive energy. When do you ever read in the Scriptures Jesus talking about positive energy? It's all New Age. And Christians in the church are mixing New Age thought with the Word of God. The emergent church is the primary culprit in this. Check the Scriptures. But these and other means are a complete failure. Only by Jesus can a person have peace with God. That's it. Colossians 1:19 and 20 says, For it pleased the Father that in him all fullness should dwell, and by him to reconcile all things to himself, by him whether things on earth, things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Is that amazing? Having made peace through the blood of his cross. Very, very important. So, if you're trusting anything but the blood of Jesus Christ on the cross, then you're trusting in something false. Very important. Now, every person not accepting the provisions of God in Jesus Christ for his or her justification before God is in a very dark and dangerous position. Very dark and dangerous. In fact, they do not know God. They have no right to God. They have hopelessness regarding eternity. They are absolutely hopeless. That's a dark picture. Listen to the way Paul puts it in Ephesians 2, 11 through 13. Listen. Therefore remember that you, once Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision, by that which is called circumcision made in the flesh, By hands, that at that time, listen carefully, you're without Christ, having been aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope without God in the world. That is dark. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. The blood of Christ, nothing else. People who are left behind in the tribulation period will be the recipients of the wrath of God, not the peace of God. John in Revelation 6, 15 through 16, John tells us that the men will call upon the mountains and the rocks to fall on them as they hide from the wrath of God coming straight from the throne of God. They will know. Oh, but if this happened, then then they would repent. Listen, they know the wrath of God is coming from heaven. And do they repent? No. What they do is they said, fall on us and hide us from the wrath of the Lamb. Well, the psalmist gives a preview of the wrath of God coming back. Psalm 2. That's a preview. He will laugh at them as he sees them. He will have them in derision. He says, kiss the son, lest he be angry with you. Kissing your idol means your adoration. He says, you want to kiss somebody, you kiss the son. Chapter 19 of Revelation gives you the second coming. Psalm 2 gives you the preview. (laughs) Jesus was the greatest missionary, for he left heaven to preach the gospel of peace to lost man. He took on a human body, yet without sin. He was tempted in every way as we are, without sin. He suffered ridicule. Insult, Mockery. And then he laid his life down to make the gospel of peace the sanctuary for sinners, the place of rest. Hebrews, or Ephesians 2.17 says, And he came and preached peace to you who were afar off and to those who were near, meaning the Jew, Jew and Gentile one, Ephesians. Wow. The justified believer has peace with God. Second benefit, the believer has presence before God. Look at verse 2. The apostle Paul declared that the personal mediator of the justified person is also Jesus. Two words, through whom Paul consistently proclaimed as to who is responsible for allowing sinners to come before the Father. The preposition there, through, once again indicates the means or the channel, as in the previous verse. The pronoun whom is reflexive, pointing back to Jesus Christ in the previous verse. And the scripture teaches that Jesus is the only one who reveals the Father, John 1:18. No one else does. He's the only way to the Father, John 14:6. Paul is saying that Jesus had two roles in bringing sinners to the Father. First, he was a sacrifice, the propitiation for our sins. He justified us. Second, he was a high priest, the go-between to present us to the Father. Everything in the Old Testament spoke of Jesus. Sacrifice, the tabernacle, everything there spoke of Jesus. The high priestess spoke of Jesus. The scriptures teach that Jesus is the only name by where we must be saved. Act four twelve. He is the only mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. First Timothy two five. The gospel is pretty clear, it's pretty narrow. There is no toleration. There is no open mindedness with the gospel. All we have is a free will to agree with God or to disagree with God. Now, notice the Apostle Paul declared that the privilege of the justified person to be ushered into the sphere of grace is before the Father. Also, we have access by faith into his grace in which we stand the pronoun we identify the Christian the believer who due to having peace with God now also has access to God what a privilege now some of you guys go down the hall here You usually knock on my door come in my grandkids they're going to come next service they just barge in they have complete access they don't care who's in there There's relationship, you understand? Wow, you can come into the presence of God.
0: Man. Pastor Xavier Reese, illustrating the privileges afforded the believer who's been justified by Christ. And there's much more of this study to come next time. But if you'd like to request a copy of today's message on CD in the meantime, ask for The Blessings of Justification. It's available for only $4. This CD includes the complete message as it was originally delivered but didn't have time to include on the air. Once again, the title to ask for is The Blessings of Justification, or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485.